Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we're here to discuss Star Wars like no other show. That's right. The Force Center <laughs> School is in session. Oh, man. That sounded oh, like, oh, a, wow. sounded like oh. a school marm, didn't it? <laughs> didn't it? No, no. I just, uh, you know. Are we selling online courses? <laughs> we, we should. We should sell online Star Wars courses. <laughs> Absolutely. So I have, I'll tell you this. I have, uh, I have thought about this. A friend of mine is in the administration of a local community college here in L.A. 
And I've thought about seeing if Force Center can teach Star Wars. <laughs> Absolutely. How to half truth like Obi Wan Kenobi. That's right. Not saying we do it the only way, but we have a fun way. And I'm excited because today we are going to be diving into the redemption of Ben Solo. A.K.A. Kylo Ren, A.K.A. Luke's nephew, and that is a big topic, Joseph. We're going to get into. Uh, we have a lot to chew on. Yeah, we've been wanting to talk about this one for a while, and Jennifer uh, wisely recommended. Let's wait and see what's in that trailer for Episode Nine, and it does uh, it does change the conversation. I think it does. It does. That's, that was a good point. We were ready to go. Yeah, we were like, I know. oh man, we were all strapped up, ready. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you, you were, and uh, Jennifer was like, gentlemen, gentlemen, I put forth this idea. <laughs> That's what the four center meetings are. They're like British Parliament. I like it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to dive what into is that. Jennifer proposing. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, can we trademark that that is a Force Center favorite line? Uh, I think I think yeah. it's I think it's too late. It's too, it's late. Out too late. The world. Star yeah. Wars can be shared by everyone. Something yes. we preach here, except that line. That is a Force Center only line. <laughs> I know. I saw that making the rounds over online. It I was, was like, hey, wait a well, minute. There was. I mean, uh, we was it the Mandalorian panel, Joseph? Yes. The yeah. Mark Daniel, the the MC, was going around. He had a bunch of fans up, and was like, "Say your favorite quote from Star Wars." And someone goes, "What is she proposing?" And like awesome. Joseph looks at me, and I look at like, "Yay!" It didn't get a great reaction in the room. No. So I think uh, maybe it's people heard that and like, we need to get this line more popular. It reminds me in 1997 when one of my favorite musical artists, Sarah McLaughlin, launched a Lilith Fair and people started discovering her. And I was like, no, 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 no. no. That was my favorite Canadian oh Chanteuse, not yours. I don't want to share her yet. You know, it's oh, what yeah. is Lilith Fair proposing? <laughs> oh, yep. uh, we're having a lot of fun here in Four Center. Episode 165 and today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Four Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have our Force Center recommends a book we think you should try on us. Uh, we got uh, Star Wars Adventures. It's a Game of Thrones week for me. Yep. Uh, big uh, big stuff going on there, but Star Wars and just life in general still in our uh, w- still in our world. Yeah, it's a, it's a pop culture explosion right now because I was realizing as we're recording, mm-hmm. uh, we got big Game of Thrones episode coming up. We got Avengers Endgame coming out. Uh, this is going to be you know a week for escaping into your fantasy world and possibly watching characters you love die. <laughs> Real nice break. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Is that is that all coming this weekend? Uh, yeah, Endgame is Thursday. Yep. Wow. And then oh, wow. Sunday is the you know big big Game of Thrones uh, wow. thing. So, yeah. So, uh, but I did have some Star Wars adventures this week. Good. What'd oh. you have? Uh, I finally finished reading the Darth Vader comic, uh, including oh. all, everything about building his castle on Mustafar. Which uh-huh. yeah. Really great and interesting stuff mm-hmm. that I'm sure we'll talk about in depth on the show at some point because I know it has yeah. set off lots of uh, fan theories and whatnot. In short, now that you've completed, just in short, this yeah. is in our time. Uh, were did you like a lot of the stuff towards the end? Yes, you like you got into yeah, it, yeah, I which feel, I did too. But yeah, I feel like it was a real attempt, without getting too deep into it, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, set Vader off on his path and say what yeah. keeps him motivated when he's sort of cleared of the initial motivations he would have, mm-hmm. such as wiping out the Jedi and maybe wanting Padme back. What keeps him moving? What keeps him going? And I, I like feel like that. it did a really great job of that. And, you know, uh, this would be a spoiler, mm-hmm. but so tune up for 15 seconds if you don't want. They're, the great stuff about the the uh, possessed a mask where, like, mm. a Sith spirit is truly living inside the mask. doesn't yeah. have powers, but it can speak to people and manipulate people, which is one of the powers of the Sith. Yeah. That starts to go to, like, yet more evidence in the canon of uh, mm-hmm. haunt, Sith hauntings, you know, spirits lingering. Yeah. Feels like it, it, it could be an easy path back to 
to life for Sheev Palpatine. Yeah, and, and again, mm. I don't I don't think J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio read that comic, but maybe they did. Maybe they did. Or maybe Charles Soule read some earlier stuff from Force Awakens. You never yeah. know. Mm. It yeah. can connect in some way. Uh, I don't say that because we get a lot of questions sometimes. Of, Do you think this panel on page 14 of this comic <laughs> will be? No, I don't think J.J. is aware of that. But what Joseph just said is right. That's a great Star Wars adventure to realize, oh, yeah. The path might be set. There's so many of those. Yeah. Uh, and then I did real quick uh, uh, play Battlefront 2 and got Dooku's jammies. So <laughs> he has his dark ritual outfit, which we've yeah. all been calling his jammies because they right. look like jammies. But they then are, he has yeah. his actual jammies from that Clone Wars episode. And yes. it is so beautiful because it doesn't even look like Star Wars, Jennifer. It oh just looks like gosh. this is probably what Christopher Lee wore. <laughs> right. Just like silky, black, beautiful pajamas. <laughs> I imagine him arriving to set like that, <laughs> sitting in his trailer. Yeah. I'll yeah, have the silky pajamas. Beautiful, just beautiful. <laughs> Jen, adventures in life in Star Wars? No adventures per se. I'm I'm thinking I want to do some more videos, more craft videos. No. So I have one idea that I'm going to try and do where I'm going to make uh, cupcakes. Mm-hmm. There, there's these things. I, you, I don't, you guys aren't um, going to know this. <laughs> you had me at cupcakes. But there's there's these princes, like that you put a stick of Barbie in a cake, and the, the cake part of it looks like a ball gown for the dress. Okay. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay. oh, I want to do that for, uh, for Star Wars. Yeah. And then I, I was at Target, and I was like, oh, Snoke. <laughs> Maybe he could wear a ball gown. <laughs> I don't I know. Can like I turn this. him into this cupcake thing? I don't know. And then you, you eat the dress off Snoke, and then Snoke <laughs> still remains? Snoke still remains. And I was like, how do I not damage the action figure? Because they're going to be little mini cakes. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to wrap I'm gonna wrap them in uh, saran wrap to great. protect him. Yeah. So we'll see. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> You have one, is it cupcakes or cakes? They're going to be cupcakes because for the, the you, three and three quarter action. You got figures. the Snoke cake with gold frosting and then you got eight Praetorian guard cakes with red frosting. Oh, oh You got yeah, a diorama delicious. you could eat. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's amazing. That's, for, that's pretty amazing. Oh gosh. <laughs> How many cupcakes can I make? I'm yeah. not a baker. Let's get that straight. Oh, cupcakes. Yeah. Even I can do, do cupcakes. I just have ideas. Yeah. I'm an ideas person. You're the, the executive, yeah, executive producer you of to. tweets. <laughs> Eat it if you yeah. have to. Well, that's quite an adventure. Well, we'll look for that. We'll yeah. look for that on yeah. Jennifer Landa's oh YouTube page. Gosh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> It does. Um, I didn't have uh, many adventures. Just a busy week work, getting back into life. Uh, my birthday happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was a very quiet yeah. birthday. Uh, all my energy went into Chicago. <laughs> um. And uh, uh, had a, a last-minute attempt at, at a gathering, and, and most people were busy. And, and, uh, <laughs> so sorry. It was, no, it was, it was good because I sat at the Hollywood Improv back bar and uh, started to fall asleep. Oh, really? <laughs> About 10 o'clock at night. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was like, uh, maybe maybe this year ain't birthday year. <laughs> maybe this ain't the one. Um, and uh, that was it. Uh, and, and I got my first, like, ever really official massage. Oh, really? Like, oh. at a place. Like, I've gone to the mall place and sat down in the chair and put a towel over my head and okay. go, to, go to town, right? I've never, I've, I've gone to chiropractors, but I've never gone to the... Uh, we, we, we'd like to check you in, uh, and then we will, uh, um, you know, uh, here's your iPad and, and your and snow crow. <laughs> so we'll see. Nice. Uh, a lot wow. of stuff. Well, next year, next year, we'll plan ahead. We will, we will. Plan ahead indeed. But we want to get into some uh, Star Wars uh, news because uh, even after celebration, there's no break. 
There's no break. There's more things to talk about, Jennifer. Surprisingly, yes, there's a little bit of news. So for the past few months, we've been hearing that Jon Favreau is using cutting-edge technology on his new Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. We got a little bit more insight into what this tech is when Collider's, <clears throat> excuse me, Steve Wontrop spoke with actor Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito says the show was partially shot in a big, empty warehouse with blue screens all around. There were tracking cameras everywhere, which would capture mm -hmm. human performances in a digital environment. This space is what they called the volume, and it's where, <laughs> the, yeah, right, it's an odd name, uh, but it's where they would do most of their acting. He said that set pieces are brought in, where they can control the physical atmosphere of what is projected on the walls and control how gravity is. I, I okay, there's a second part of the story, but I wanted to talk about this technology. <laughs> what in the world? Uh, first of all, do you think that he's a motion captured motion captured character? Mm, we we just know. Yeah, we no, know, because, you know. because we saw. Oh, yeah. I'll see. Yes. Oh, gosh, dang it! It's because I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see the footage. Oh, we well, know. he might be doing both. He might be doing both. I mean, he, if he was in the volume for that long, wow. who knows? The volume sounds like something from a Clone Wars lost uh, lost episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the volume. Yeah, Obi Wan disguised himself as a bounty hunter and yeah, infiltrated the volume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 suspected and thought there were some different things going into this. What was it, the Russo brothers were the ones that were like, oh, he's doing some. Great Crazy things in there. Right. Well, we just know that in there was the volume. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like trying to have some sort of happy medium of having, like, the physical things that the actor is interacting with there and real mm. and then everything else behind it, you know? Right. Kind of what some of the actors in the prequels, I think, complained about of, like, everything is a blue square. You know, if I understood this was a cabinet in front of me, it would help me. And right. it sounds like this is the kind of like the cabinet's there and nothing else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this, yeah, this is, uh, is going to be interesting. I, I did. Yeah. Did you get a sense from what we saw? And I don't, it's, it sounds like, uh, again, we're, we're bragging. We're not. Uh, we were fortunate for there. Did, it, did anything that we saw in that teaser trailer that seemed make you think that it was shot in the volume? No, I mean, everything yeah. looks good and realistic. Yeah. I think the thing that I thought when I saw the footage and this makes me think as well is I think it might feel a little claustrophobic mm -hmm. and that might even be a good thing Yeah, mm -hmm. where it feels like, you know, everything is a little confined. Like, cause even some of the, the, the little bits that we've seen in have been in mm -hmm. photos of just the street. Yeah. It seems like, Oh, well that's a little bit of street, but there's a lot of CGI that's going to create the rest of the rest of the street. Exactly. Okay. It, that's exactly what I was thinking. So that's why I was like, well, maybe that's why what you guys saw was not as truly exciting per se, because mm -hmm. they haven't finished it. CGI wise. It absolutely could be. Yeah. There was one thing that I woke up in the middle of the night <laughs> thinking about one specific <laughs> thing we saw, oh, which yeah. I don't know if I want to say. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's guess. a thing that is on one of the actor's faces <gasps> that weirded me out when I saw it. And then I just woke up in the middle of the night going like, Maybe they're going to take that off his face. <laughs> How's that for mystery? What in the world? Uh, oh, my god! I mean, I saw it. I'm not even sure what I know, <laughs> which is great, which is great. What about the whole gravity thing? Did you guys see anything that would, like, say that there's weird gravity? <laughs> um, I think I could be entirely wrong. I think this is an actor probably being interviewed in the moment. I think he means that there was probably, like, he, he was put in, like, 
a cockpit or something that moves. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But then he was put okay. in a contraption. I don't think okay. that... I feel like we would know technologically if, like, Hollywood would be like, oh, yeah, we invented a, a cool blue screen room, and also we can change gravity as we know it. I just was like, that's going to be weird if all of a sudden you're playing with gravity in the show. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden characters start, you know, mm-hmm. lifting up like they're in space. Uh, so that makes mm-hmm. much more sense if yeah. you're in a cockpit. Yeah, or there's just the force all around. And oh, people are Ooh, Ooh. yeah, the volume. Now the volume talking. sounds like Legend of Luke Skywalker, The Tide. The volume. <laughs> well, also in the interview, John Carlo revealed that John Favreau worked with George Lucas to create the Mandalorian series in the first place. He said Favreau worked with George on the series to make it a piece that is relevant to what's going on in the world today. John Carlo reiterated this claim again when he said that Favreau, quote, figured out the story of the Mandalorian with George Lucas. So. How hmm. how much of a hand? I mean, we know that John Favreau had obviously been working on these scripts since he was a child or whatever. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so did he just present his old notebooks to George and go, here, George, <laughs> what do you think? Where can we shape this? Yeah, I mean, I feel like th- this is definitely like take with a grain of salt because this is an actor, you know, reporting what Favreau probably said to him. Right. I don't For a lot of these Lucas things, I feel like it's a lot of people going with like, hey, George, I feel like your big picture idea you know, was this, does that make sense to you? And George probably going, yeah, yeah. And what if you did this? Mm-hmm. And like, it's not, uh, to me, like, since we know from that trailer that the main idea of the Mandalorian is there's a vacuum in government power and what mm-hmm. happens then when the New Republic can't get up and running fast enough to help people. And I think as much as George Lucas wants to tell a hopeful story of good characters like Leia and Mon Mothma getting a government working, George Lucas is still the person who doesn't trust organizations in government. So mm-hmm. I imagine it's almost about that where Favreau would go like, my big picture is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, everything's falling apart in kind of these impoverished parts of the galaxy and the new government isn't doing enough to help them. And I think George would go like, yeah, that's a great idea. I love right. it. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, this yeah. is right. utter, utter conjecture on my part. I yeah. think you're right. But that's that's kind of the way I see that that conversation yeah. yeah i think there's a there's always uh and we're gonna even talk about it more there's always a little bit of a rush to claim george approves in some yeah. way mm-hmm. um which is great i would want it absolutely I, uh, you know george do you listen to force center i'd want the approval um but i don't think george is interested in rolling up his sleeves and sitting down and and figuring out story but we saw look he stopped by a game of thrones set and like yeah. quote quote directed a scene he he made a couple jokes and stuff to get him joking around yeah. clark so but then they say george lucas directed a scene which believe me i, well, I wish he d- would direct an episode of the mandalorian but yeah. i don't still think he's interested so but i think it's fascinating i think it shows that favreau loves star wars he wants it to fit he wants it to work and we know that he dumped out his virtual box of Kenner figures and his <laughs> plan and changed and, gravity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lucasfilm said, we'll take the Boba Fett one. Hold on to that figure. Don't worry about that one. Yeah. Have at it. Uh, right, right. Well, George Lucas has been making the rounds lately because J.J. <laughs> Abrams recently said that he talked with George quite a bit about the direction of the final film in the Skywalker saga and said that Lucasfilm is still repurposing ideas that Lucas came up with prior to the sale of his company to Disney. J.J. said that the goal of episode nine was to give a conclusion to all the saga films. Quote, there have been a lot of ideas since the beginning, since George first came up with this, of where things could go in the last film. We had a meeting with him before we even wrote the script about the rise of Skywalker, end quote. So again, mm-hmm. <laughs> how much mm-hmm. How much do you think, 
I mean, I feel like George George Lucas and and J.J. Abrams seem to have a pretty good relationship, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, not so much as like a Dave Filoni kind of thing, but him and Dave really worked together. Yeah. I guess how much input of George's input do you think affected the story of episode nine? Did he like kind of map it out? Zero zero to 1%? I don't know. 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 I think, again, I think it's a rush to claim George because you want that blessing from fans. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I don't know why to me this feels like maybe a little bit more meat on its bones in terms of a conversation because Mm. what we have learned that Lucas did offer these broad strokes and that if George Lucas had directed the sequel trilogy, Mm -hmm. the son of Han and Leia still would have fallen. There still would have been a young woman Jedi. Luke still would have retreated all those things. Yeah. And in terms of, uh, obviously Lucas changes his mind about what, what the big picture is. You know, he's, he said lots of different things about what these last nine movies would be or last three movies. Mm -hmm. He said the story was done at six. He said, no, it's nine. (laughs) You know, he's, he's changed his mind a lot. Yeah. But I can see, uh, the whole sequel trilogy still having the broad stroke of Lucas really wanting to do the story of, well, great, our heroes won, but they need to teach the young generation how to mm-hmm. how to win. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is what the sequel trilogy is about, ultimately. Yeah. And I can definitely, definitely see George either in his original drafts or super supporting The Return of Palpatine. Mm. I mean, yeah. if you look at the history of George Lucas, one thing that he does is bring characters back yeah. Yeah. and look at look at Darth Maul. Like, Darth Maul, 100%. You know, he changes his mind and brings yeah. characters back. He wasn't about Boba Fett, and then fans loved Boba Fett, and it's like, I'm going to give him an origin story. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, so I, I could see Lucas really being on board with the return of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. It would make sense. Totally makes sense. And it, I think it does make sense as a story idea, but yeah. Uh, yeah I, one day we'll get the whole scoop on George's relationship. I, I think it's curmudgeonly at, at times with Star Wars, not J.J., uh, and other times he loves it. You know, solo, he showed up. He's very present. Yeah. Very, very you know, Mandalorian. I keep bumping my mic today. Uh, Mandalorian, a very, like, let's take a photo. I'm here. He didn't do that, per se, with The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. did not talk about him talking with George, as far as I can remember. It's in the documentary, but there's no set Oh, that's visits, right. That's right. Know? He's, oh, that's right. How can I forget when he, like, the calls, yeah. right? He gets the yeah. big call. But there's nothing I know, I'm aware of, unless you know, Joseph, of him showing up on set being like, here's me in a porn. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a set visit, but I don't think it's super documented. Right. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, more, more power to George if he is in this place where... A bunch of storytellers want to come to him and say, yeah. like, uh, I just want to know. I, this is yeah. not, like, official, like, I'm not asking for your signature because that's not the way this new power structure works. But I just want to know what you think. That's nice. Right. Yeah. That's nice. Right. Well, more information is slowly trickling out about Project Luminous. Writer mm. Kevin Scott is involved in the project, and he shared more backstory on how it came to be. He said that back in September 2018, he and four other writers were whisked off to Skywalker Ranch to join the Lucasfilm editorial team and story group to start work on a massive Star Wars event. That's what he is. Massive. Mm-hmm. The retreat featured days of intense workshops where they came up with new ideas and broke story. At night, the group sat next to a roaring fire in the ranch's guest inn and chatted about the day's events and just life in general. The writers had a second retreat at Skywalker Ranch this past March where they watched A New Hope. Um, Oh, no, the second time, the first time they watched A New Hope, the second time they watched Empire Strikes Back. 
So the uh, yes, that's right. Mm. Is that, wait, am I think I'm I'm messing up here. No, Anyways, no, they watched a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that that's important. And since that retreat, they have been busy working, 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 as Kevin said, developing the ideas that came about in those workshops, creating something they hope is very special. So some people are speculating that this might be the biography of a comprehensive biography of Yoda. Ooh, interesting. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Not just the force. Okay. Yeah, that's very interesting. But like the life and times of Yoda. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I I I maybe think Yoda could be a vessel to telling the story, but ah. it, everything about it seems much more that it's about the like the the, using the symbol of the Jedi Order. You know, mm. to me, it's just uh, the mo- the most compelling thing about this to me is timeline. Of like, is it going to jump around the timeline? Is it? It feels like something where like the force itself is threatened. Mm. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I, something like maybe even going into the force priestesses from Clone Wars and midi chlorines and and kind of larger oh, yeah. ideas of wow. the force, since a lot of these authors have been pushing into that territory. Which is one of, one of the great pulls you threw out there last week that, oh, the, these aren't just uh, randomly selected authors. You know, yeah. These are like, oh, you all have certain experiences in the Force. And so, yeah, Project Luminous, Yoda. I mean, I don't know what I want it to be, but ideas are forming, and it's interesting that it's comprehensive, that it's over the, it's a volume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Books. Uh, I don't know, for, Formation of the Jedi, like the actual formation, but I like that in that there's yeah. a threat. You know, because I still think Dan and Dave might be doing something in that era, but I, I don't think it's going to be prime Jedi and put some rocks up at Octo. Yeah, but I could see, like, yeah, yeah, this is, you know, we kick off with Yoda and his, mm-hmm. you know, 13-year-old Padawan, Dooku, uh, <sighs> and because and, they have been both, uh, Kevin and Claudia have been in uh, in Dooku mode mm-hmm. over these last couple books. But yeah. it just seems to me that it's going to be about the Force and about yes. the yeah. Jedi yes. and like maybe it's something that jumps through the timeline and maybe you know because it's also 2020 episode 9 is out yeah you know if it is some some threat internally to the force and, mm-hmm. and we jump all over the place from older public to Yoda and young Dooku to uh, Luke and young Ben you know dealing with it in some way you know yeah, yeah. that kind of interwoven thing I like it. Yeah, who mm. knows? I like it. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So, uh, I'm in danger of building up some expectations for myself. <laughs> right? Massive, I like that. massive Star Wars event. Well, forget eBay. If you have $400,000 to spare, have I got an action figure for you? Collectibles dealer Brian Rockfell is selling a vintage 1979 Boba Fett action figure with a firing rocket pack for $365,000. The hefty price tag is because the figure is one of only three of its type known to exist. This particular Boba Fett was a prototype since Kenner never actually ended up selling the rocket launching Fett because they were concerned the rocket mechanism would be a choking hazard or poke some kids eye out but the main reason it's so expensive is because the figure has an l-shaped firing mechanism and even though it was a prototype it has a copyright embossed on the back of the leg which means it was close to the final sculpt ready for production so my question is <laughs> would either of you ever if you had money this yeah. kind of money would you ever pay three hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars for an action figure as much as i love action figures i would spend three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars on hundreds of action figures mm. i would spend that much money because <laughs> i as star wars celebration taught me i have a problem Ooh, yeah. uh man uh yeah. but no not on just the one it's i mean crazy. i understand yeah. i understand if you're a high-end collector or even at this mm. point an investor 
because man, walking around the celebration floor, it, was, it is amazing how the original uh, figures have shot up in mm, value. Yes, really. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That, it, that you know, they, there's the the weird, sad kind of bucket of loose figures. That's you know a mm-hmm. bunch of a bunch of lobots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, a bunch of but not there's like smocks. Yeah, like one of her friends was gonna be like, oh, you know, I I destroyed my sister's Hothleia when I was a kid. You know, maybe I'll grab her a. A carded Hothleia. Like, whoa, okay, that's very, very expensive. <laughs> that's very expensive. Wow. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, I remember even at the last celebration, uh, I, I was like, I had the same kind of thought about an em- Emperor's Royal Guard. Yeah. Ooh, I love that figure and on the card. And I, I was there and I said, hey, how much is that one? And they put it in my hands, kind of like a, let's get you in that car. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah, here you go. And I turned it over and saw the price and was like, and I'm on my way. Thank you. Here you go. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, so I get 365,000. I, 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 I can't, I hope, I hope I never find myself in that position. Because if I have that much money to do that, I, I hope I spend it and share it. On other people and things. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. Let me take a million people out to dinner. (laughs) I'm bad at math. That probably doesn't work out. (laughs) Depends on where you go, right? Yeah, right, right. We'll file this under a rumor gone wild, but according to Nerdist, Lucasfilm may be developing a Knights of the Old Republic movie. At Star Wars Celebration, Kathleen Kennedy was asked if they were developing any projects around Knights of the Old Republic, and she replied, quote, you know, we talk about that all the time. Yes, we are developing something to look at, end quote. It may seem like an innocuous comment, but to some, it's confirmation that an old Republic movie is definitely in the works. <laughs> what do you guys think? Wait, I'm confused because I was mm-hmm. like, was it the rumor that Dan and Dave were doing an old Republic movie? Now they're like, no, it's it's, it's something yeah. new, something, something we don't know yet. Right? Yeah, could be, could not be. Yeah. Right. I think that yeah, and I think that there's a, a, a tendency to uh, conflate the old Republic could be anything in. Right. Th- thousands of years of storytelling there's very little locked in canon versus a direct adaptation of the fan loved video game knights of the old republic Mm. and that's why i think this is the the innocuous quote that generated lots in my opinion of misleading headlines of it's in development Mm -hmm. as we've mentioned before you know having the benefit of being in hollywood in development i've had two tv shows in development you won't ever see them (laughs) you know but to say in development it's more powerful when lucasfilm does it obviously but in development means hey you know they could have an Akmena show in development. Yeah. It just means they're looking at it and saying, well, what if? Yeah. Can we use anything from that? Yeah. So I feel like those headlines are are blowing that quote out of proportion, in my yeah. opinion. I, re- I remember like eight, maybe I've been in town 21 years, but like 18, 17 years ago, ran into like a producer who wanted to hear my ideas. And I called home. A producer wants to hear my ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I love I, 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 I I want to respect the passion of the old Republic fans because they hear this, they get excited, they want this, and I am I am not not a fan. I just don't know the time period as well. I didn't play the game. I didn't. Do, so I am open to it. I read the first Bane novel. Definitely intrigued. Yeah, definitely intrigued. Reading the Vader comic when they started going to a little you know quote old Republic era stuff. I wasn't as pulled in by it, but I'm I'm ready to. I, I want it all out there like official canon. What's the story? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it will eventually come. Yeah, I'm so excited for the time period of Old Republic, the idea of thousands of Jedi fighting thousands of Sith and what does that world look like? I think that's great. If they decided to do this, if Dan and Dave were like, yes, actually, our series is a direct adaptation of the video game series, Knights of the Old Republic, Mm -hmm. I'd be fine with that too. But I feel like it's way early. 
way earlier. Yeah. I'm just remembering now that I think it was like last year, a couple years ago, where somebody asked her about the 1313 video game. Mm. Or like, I think it was like old concept art. She's like, oh, yeah, we definitely, we think about that. We definitely don't want to lose that. We might reuse that at some point. And now we're getting uh, in the Clone Wars, right? Yeah. Characters who are from 1313. So who knows? Maybe it will come to fruition. But as Mm. of now, it's just a rumor. Just a rumor. That's it. Yeah. That's, the news. That's the news. More to come. More breakdowns of all these stories. Love these uh, little news bites that come on out. Thank you, Jennifer. And we're going to get ready to dive into our main topic, the redemption of Ben Solo. Uh, that is the redemption of Ben Solo. But before we do that, we want to recommend an audio book we think you should try out on us. Uh, Joseph, uh, we got uh, we got a we got a big one this week. Yeah, that's right. We are recommending the Last Jedi novelization by Jason C. Fry. I wanted to put, pick something to recommend this week that's got some juicy Ben Solo bits in it. Mm-hmm. And, and the book does not reveal anything, but it hints yeah. at that presence of Snoke poking at things, mm. poking at uh, things. Read about or listen about poking Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> in, in that cupcake, gold, golden <laughs> cupcake there. Uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book. All right, we're going to dive into this topic. And, and like we said up top, we really wanted to get to this. And uh, it was good to pump the brakes a little bit and wait to get even just a little bit more information to see. But this has been on the minds, I think, of people, quite frankly, since episode seven. Yeah. Uh, and that is the redemption of Ben Solo, Kylo Ren himself, Joseph. We are going to roll up our sleeves on this one. Yeah, let's dive in. So we talked about this a little bit uh, because we got some good fan questions, but I just wanted to start with the actual word redemption. Uh, So the dictionary defines redemption as the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. So we're really talking about that moment of turning away from the darkness. And obviously there's uh, many deep uh, religious connotations, mythical connotations. I think the kind of the mythical element of it is probably why it's stuck in Star Wars mm-hmm. because it's, you know, an arc of a, a dark character to have that moment of redemption. But to me, I think it's uh, important that redemption, as one of our listeners uh, pointed out, is not forgetting or forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's just simply turning away from the darkness yeah, and making that one choice in that moment yeah, to not continue down uh, the dark path. So first off, do you, do you have any feelings about that in, in terms of what it means to Star Wars in the bigger picture of, of that definition of redemption? I just think it's an important place to start clarifying and, and defining and, and reminding all of us because I, I too can get caught up in the redemption of Darth Vader. We're going to talk about that obviously a little bit, but where that, uh, you know, uh, what's uh, from Princess Bride, that word, I do not think it means <laughs> what you think it means. Yeah. It, it, we can, it can, it can, the definition of it can blur as, as it folds out over the story. Yeah, yeah, it's not a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, forget about it, Vader. It's not a, you are innocent. Here's right. your, here's your belongings and get back out in the world. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer, how do you feel about just the definition? The definition is interesting too, because when I, when I looked it up a, a while back, I saw that it was also the atonement uh, atoning for a fault or mistake, mm. so there is some action involved. So that's why that's that's where the whole redemption of Vader becomes a little complicated, which we'll talk about. And even for Kylo Ren, it's like, all right, so this is one piece of the puzzle. If you decide to change, but then what are you gonna do about it? In essence, what actions are you gonna take to m- to make amends for what you did in the past? Right. So then it's like, well, uh, yeah, that's really interesting because Vader, you could say you know, he could have had a moment of redemption on some far off planet where he was going to slaughter everyone there and decided not to. Right. But the, but his actual action fits the idea of atonement because he's course correcting. Right. Of like, mm. I enabled the Sith 
to rule, and now I'm ending that rule. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. So it's a direct uh, call and response kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The atonement of Ben Solo's, and it, that's that's I love that. I love that definition. Yeah. That kind of like yeah, that we're seeing it. You know, in Game of Thrones over the last couple seasons. You know, we see a lot of like I've done bad. I'm here to make up for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know I still did that. Right. Yeah, uh, it is not ever going to change it. Yeah, I'm just trying to make a yeah a different response, yeah. and in some uh, cases, like direct responses. Right. Two, two things I did. Yeah. The atonement. I like that. So how do you feel about the idea of redemption or atonement uh, in that context that we talked about uh, for Darth Vader Anakin? Is it, is it the right word? Do you think he was redeemed? Is that your understanding of the story? Or do you well, think we misuse the word? Uh, you know, I was uh, in some doing some research a while back. Um, in the making of the Revenge of the Sith book, George actually says Anakin can't be redeemed for all the pain and suffering he's caused. Mm, mm-hmm. He doesn't right the wrongs, but he stops the horror. And then in a Bill Moyers interview uh, many years ago, he right. talked about how basically the whole Star Wars saga is about Anakin's transformation into this evil person. And by the end of the trilogy, uh, the original trilogy, how do we get him back to that little sweet boy that we met yeah. in the Phantom mm. Menace. And in essence, it's because of Luke, his son, that redeems him. Yeah. It's really interesting how George looks at it and how George changes his mind <laughs> a lot, you know? But um, but yeah, so was he redeemed? I, mm, yeah. I mean, that word, but it seems to always in our conversation stick with you that, that, mm. that, even with these definitions that it, it bothers you. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's like uh, it was a, a grand final act, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's really through the love of his son and his son believing that there is still good in him that he is able to be redeemed. With In essence, without Luke, Vader would never have been redeemed. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I, that's the way I interpret the story. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, which even... which bleeds over to that chosen one conversation of I, George has said, Anakin's the chosen one, but I still think you can get a couple uh, of votes in smaller voting districts for Luke. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Or chosen yeah. ones. One, you right. know. Yeah. You know. Right. yeah I, as far as Vader, you know, it's a, it's, it's a little, dare I say, biblical or spiritual in the sense of, hey, you might have been redeemed and forgiven by, by the Lord God Almighty, but doesn't mean the people on earth uh, thought so too, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's sometimes a, it, it's a bigger concept, but just I said this on Jedi Council recently because we have said it so many times here in Force Center. Uh, Bloodline shows a great example. Claudia Gray did a great job of the, 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 the galaxy didn't know that Darth Vader at the end threw the Emperor over. They didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Luke didn't tell anyone. He didn't go on Holonet interviews. And even if he did, who would have believed him? Yeah. Who would have believed him? Six, seven years prior to Force Awakens, they're like, Leia, you're the daughter of a killer. So... I think he was atoned, redeemed for the Force or the, his family, but not for the galaxy. Yeah. Right, there you, you go, know? yeah. Yeah, and yet it does seem like there are myths because Rey yes. says, oh, but and it was, you know, when Luke says there's a Jedi who create, trained and created Darth Vader, and she says, and a Jedi who saved him. Right. Mm. You know, so it seems like maybe it's not a part of, like, you look up, like, the history of the Galactic Empire on the hollow Wikipedia that exists mm-hmm. in, in universe in Star Wars. It's not going to be like, and then Darth Vader yeah. was reconsumed by the light side <laughs> spirit of Anakin Skywalker. And, like, but those whispers, that same whispers yeah. that Ray heard of the myth of Luke Skywalker, that mm-hmm. those contained, like, yes, and he did this mighty act of, of 
rescuing his father so his father could rescue the galaxy. Maybe, maybe mm. he did try to tell people. Maybe he did. And that's why Luke got grumpy. <laughs> I try to tell you the truth. No one listening. No one listens. No I'm one out listens. of here. Okay, so I wanted to get that baseline on on Vader and Anakin, which uh, which means like that that it sounds like uh, some of us are still a little torn yeah. on right, what that. Right, right. <laughs> to me, I just feel like it, it 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 is a great redemption story in that in this absolutely pivotal moment, the one that could in theory fulfill this prophecy, uh, mm-hmm. Vader did something, Anakin did something that was uh, next to impossible for him. He had so buried. Mm-hmm. any sense of goodness or decency and the fact that Luke's belief got to him. All, all of that, to me, is still, like, moving and powerful. And then, you know, we get the side of Star Wars storytelling that's that's real world. And like, yeah, of course, it's not. If Anakin had survived, it wouldn't have been, like, he wouldn't have just been, you know, mm-hmm. banging some Stormtrooper drums and dancing with the Ewoks. Right, Like, right. You, don't, you don't forgive and forget that uh, that quickly. Uh, so that's sort of groundwork to actually talk about Sorry, Ben Solo. I, I just want the image of like Wicket walking up to like the ghost of Vader or or the leftover <laughs> Vader. Like, oh, okay, yep, <laughs> yep, no. Uh, so if we accept the idea that redemption is not forgetting or forgiveness, uh, but it is turning away from the darkness, or even taking an atonement moment where you are reversing one specific choice, mm-hmm. do you want that for Ben Solo? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, there comes oh. the grumbles. This, this oh. is where the grumbles. It's so complicated for me because uh, what I love about Star Wars is that it teaches us life lessons that we all can learn from. We can share with our children. And with Vader, you know, it's a great life lesson. You can make your choices. Your choices will lead to good or bad things. And in the end, he quote unquote redeems himself. But with Ben Solo, he is such a real life character to me the way that they've the way that Adam Driver plays him the way that he has been written he is so complicated and like a real to me he's like a real world monster mm. and so can't you know just him I want I want to believe that everyone can change but the reality is there are some people in this world that are so sick that they that they can't change so then it's like well what what punishment fits their crime so what would be ben's punishment i I just think that it's just too pat if if it's like certainly not forgiving and forgetting but if it's like okay well you made this choice to change great Mm, that's why i love the desert island theory it's like he's gonna uh, have marooning him yes where he's gonna have to sit and and stew and reflect on what he the the life that he chose yeah that's what that's what kids need to learn yeah I think I like the idea of redemption for him because it, it. I agree with you about there's lots of like parallels to like real life behavior that is destructive, mm-hmm. um, and, and it does feel a little bit more real and not quite as mythic as Anakin. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there is something to me about you're so close to just making a better choice, Ben Solo, of not continuing to do these things. Mm-hmm. And there's something uh, to me that's powerful about him just stopping because he can. Because he's not as far gone in some ways as Vader. Mm. But that's not, again, that's like not about forgetting and forgiveness. It's just stop it. Mm. It's just stop, you know, polluting the world with evil. Mm. You know, just make mm. making a different choice. How do you feel, Ken? I, I, this is, I am really excited for this episode because I think I have the, the least to contribute to the conversation, but the most to learn. <laughs> no, I'm excited to sit and, and, and talk about my feelings. I don't have a set idea on this one because just as a star wars fan or a 
myth and fantasy and sci-fi fan, more fantasy, you know, uh, and just a fan of stories, <laughs> by the way. Um, the idea, going back to episode seven, that Kylo would eventually return to being Ben Solo or be good, something just seems like, oh, yeah, it's probably, that's that's the Star Wars way. Yeah. I think it's only in later years that we are able, able to look back at Darth Vader's story and be like, but wait, he killed younglings. He mm. stood by while a planet was destroyed. And and it's, it's a little more wonderfully complicated than it was in 77 of he's the good guy, he's the bad guy. Yeah. And then the bad guy becomes good at the end, right? I just grew up with that, right? Yeah. I, I didn't think about all the other wonderful things that I love that we have to think of. So I don't know about Kylo. I don't know about Ben. I love the idea that Luke and Leia are like, he's gone. But Luke says no one's really ever gone. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> this is a little bit of my headcanon, but I feel like yeah. Luke's perspective is so I can't reach him. Because right. I'm one of the people who, unlike my father, mm-hmm. I was a beacon of hope to my father. I was what my father had always wanted. I was what my right. father thought he lost. Mm. Right. For Kylo, I'm one of the things as one of the many you know, uh, authority figures who he thinks let him down. I'm one of the people who drove him to the dark side. Right. And I, Luke can't get through to him, but maybe someone else can. I I think that's a great way to, to, to see it because otherwise it kind of becomes a quick contradiction, right? If you're just looking at the scene, I'm here to destroy him, but no one's really ever gone. But you know, like, I think what you're saying really makes sense. But, uh, so I, I, I just love that the movie ends with Kylo saying, no, I'm Kylo. Yeah. Right. I'm not taking my helmet off. Right. Uh, my dad asked me, Jen, you pointed out wonderfully last week. <laughs> my dad said, no, I killed him. Right. My boss said, take it off. I killed him. <laughs> and I'm rebuilding the helmet. <laughs> I don't like advice on my fashion <laughs> choices. <laughs> Basically. You know? Uh, so I don't know if the series, I'm sorry, I am rambling. I, I, I don't know if the series can end with, Kylo being bad to the end. Yeah, let, let me. I, I know that some fans yeah. have thrown this out to us just directly. Of, can you live as a lifetime Star Wars fan with the idea of Han and Leia's son, Luke's mm. nephew, is so corrupted that he can't be redeemed? We're not even redeemed. Mm. We, we, we just go to that language where they can't just stop. Mm. Right, right. I could. Yeah, me too. But I, I think in general, maybe no. Yeah. I could only because I just, I'm, I'm, you made your choice, kid. Yep. You made it. Yeah. Yep. That's how life works. He's been <laughs> consumed. Yeah. Or at least, then we'll talk about this in a minute, but yeah. he's trying to consume mm. himself with this dark energy, yeah. even though he's not 100% and, and, there yet. And he could make the choice to come back from that, too. That's right. also something I believe in, too. But like, so if it ends that way. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Cersei Lannister is a very sympathetic character. She's made some choices yep. on who what she wants to do. Right. You know? Right. There you go. Yeah. I see, yeah, I think in the big picture he will come back somehow, but handling it is going to be an amazing task. But let's uh let's talk a little bit more in depth. So Kylo does say some kind of similar things to Vader about his light side self, mm-hmm. uh where he says to Han, uh, your son is gone, he was weak and foolish like his father. Uh, lots of stuff in canon with Vader referring to Anakin as the Jedi and mm-hmm. saying, I, you know, he was weak, so I killed him, all that kind of things. But do you think Kylo sees his light side is dead? Do you think he killed Ben Solo? I, I, part of what I'm driving to is Vader seems like Anakin was a Jedi. I consumed him. I killed him. He's dead. He doesn't exist. It is mm-hmm. only I, Vader. And going along, Jennifer, with your more real-world perspective, it almost seems like Kylo's like, I changed my name, yeah. but he's not as obsessed with with Ben Solo is this other identity that he's suppressed. 
Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. It does. It really does. Especially if you read a lot of the new canon with Thrawn saying Anakin refers to, or Vader refers to Anakin as the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Which is is great. Uh, Yeah. But Mm -hmm. how does that make you feel about Kylo as a character? If he hasn't, if it's not like Ben was a different identity, but like more like Kylo's just kind of a mask he's wearing, even as the name. Right. I think that if he was burned all over his body to crisp, he might, he might, things might change. I think that he still, which is what is, it's like he's not playing. I think that initially he probably tried this on, literally tried on the mask, see how it felt. Yeah. He liked it, but he still is not a hundred percent there, which is what we'll talk about in a moment. Um, I think he recognizes that his light side is is not dead. Yeah, because he feels the pull to it, mm-hmm. you right. know. He's and afraid it's, of it. Yeah, and it like it angers him. It frustrates. I go back to that that scene where he's you know fighting with Ray in, in the uh, in in the Force Awakens at the end, where he's you know pounding his mm-hmm. wound. It's like he needs he needs to get himself like hyped to be bad. <laughs> I, I totally, you know I mean? yeah, I totally agree with that. That's what I've been thinking about a lot of like, there's a lot in Anakin where he gives in. Like mm. he's always felt this anger. He's had sort of relatable reasons to be angry of, you know, being a slave, being separated from his mother, the Jedi being kind of cold and making him feel unwelcome. He has all this anger right. and eventually he gets to let it out yes. and, and unleash his full force powers and kind of it's dark and twisted and it's wrong. But I think from his perspective, get to be his full self. Mm-hmm. Whereas it feels like what Ben is mad about is is that everybody's telling him who to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And he can't live up to everybody and he feels like everybody's rejecting him. So Ben feels like he is searching for identity. Mm-hmm. So like Anakin gives into his identity mm. of Vader. And Ben is like, I don't know who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> everybody's telling me who to be. Right. I'll try being this because yeah. it's the only part of my heritage I haven't tried mm. yeah uh, look I, I what's the old adage dress for the job you want like ben solo's <laughs> like oh, i know what i i think i want to be and, and and i think you said it so well like you've got a lot of people telling him what to be and you know did he want to go to fourth school you yeah. know yeah. was no. he was he like uh or they're like oh, kid's pretty powerful send him off to uncle luke's private jedi hogwarts yeah maybe he's like no i want to be a freighter pilot i don't know i don't know <laughs> but are uh, you you this is not a conversation specifically about Revenge of the Sith or, or Anakin, but you've ju- you've just said something that I really love, uh, and that is looking back now, I love the turn of Anakin and Darth Vader and Revenge of the Sith more than I did then. Yeah. Because then I was ready, like, no, he should just slash Jedi, and I am Darth Vader. But I love that he falls to his knees and is like, I can't fight this anymore. Yeah. I can't mm. fight this anymore. This guy's offering me what I want. I got to keep him alive. Yep. That's why I think he kills Mace, right? Mace, don't kill the guy that's just promised me to keep my, my, my wife alive. Yeah. And that he falls in a different way and it's more deeper. Hey, George. George had some deep thoughts that he we didn't did. pay attention to. He did, yeah. But it's yeah. a little different for, for Ben, and I, I think it is, you know, I think he searches and searches until that throne room scene. I think that's what makes him feel a little bit more uh, real world, like you're talking about, Jennifer, of just yeah. sort of like, you don't have to be doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it makes it sometimes maybe harder to uh, empathize with him. Right. One, one of my favorite little moments in Last Jedi is, did you come here to save me? Yeah. No. 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 It's like 
Oh crap! You made your oh bet oh you you made your choice yeah. you made your choice right yeah yeah because yeah, so he kind of he's yeah it, it, that moment does feel like I'm still just pushing back against mm-hmm. the authority figures in my life yeah he's mm-hmm. like taunting him oh you're gonna redeem me oh yeah yeah that's right. your one big Jedi act that every, the whole mm-hmm. galaxy whispers yeah. about and everybody's so proud of how you saved you know yeah. your your father. <laughs> Can you save me? No. no. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Uh, putting him in a, a Kylo in a timeout there, I think. Uh, so why do you think Kylo does feel the pull to the light? He he struggles to kill Han, and when he does, it unbalances him instead of strengthening him. Mm, yeah. Which is like, that's the whole dark side thing of like, un- unleash your anger. It gives you focus. And it yeah. doesn't give Kylo focus. So how do you feel about that in the whole story of of? Ben Solo falling to the dark side. Mm-hmm. I love it. And, it. and it makes me love what Ryan Johnson put out there even more yeah. because when the movie starts and Kylo's still in trouble, yeah, because you know, it, it ends with, Hey, grab a hey, Hux, grab, grab dopey. We got to get his helmet yeah. and we're going to go. He's got some training to do. Yeah. So it was like, Oh, what's the dark side? I remember I was excited. What's the dark side training? I, it didn't go that way. Instead it went, Snoke being like, you're unbalanced. Uh, uh, you know, a girl, and he emphasizes, I think it is emphasized oh, as, yes. oh, I think a girl's could beat you. I think it is supposed to be bad, sexist taunting. Yeah. And it's like this, like, and it's like, oh, he's still, he's just still messed up. And I, I it makes Force Awakens even more powerful for me. I, I just love what's going on there. Yeah. I, I don't fully... Does it make you I, I empathize like, more with Kylo that he is, yes, or, or hate him more that he is striving to be what Vader was? It it it, it he, he makes can't me be. He, he's not good at being dark. Side. I empathize a little bit, and again, I, obviously, I always talk about Game of Thrones, but we're in the middle of this final season, like, <laughs> but, so I'm going to. But like, you know, it's the Cersei Lannister thing. You go back to season one, and she talk. You know, did she ever have a chance with her husband? No, she had a horrible upbringing. Like. But she made those choices. Like I do empathize with Ben Solo being raised by the the great leader of the galaxy, the great pilot of the galaxy. This, and then your uncle saves the galaxy. That's a lot of weird pressures, and and then held at a distance because people know that you're a, a time bomb yeah. that, that could be dark or could be light, and everybody holding you at a little bit of a distance. In 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 the womb, in in in, in aftermath, they talk about yeah. hinting at credible light, credible dark. dark. Yep. Oh, so I still think he's held to the fire for his choices. I yeah. want to make that clear. Yeah. But I, I go to a lot of that stuff with Snoke in the, in the beginning of Last Jedi. I'm like, oh, man. How do you feel about that, Jennifer, about him being unbalanced rather than, than drawing any focus or power for from doing more a horrible dark side thing? Right. And I, I really believe I'm going to psychoanalyze him a little bit. I think that... Um, the one thing that he really wanted was his father to love him. He wanted his father to love him and accept him. And he, and we saw it in, Oh, was it the last shot where we see Han struggling with being a dad and not sure. And just like, and kind of being a, kind of being distant emotionally from him. And, and you know, who knows if if he was a good father or whatnot. I, I don't know that, but I think that, it unbalanced him because it, it did not heal the pain it, it, that he was feeling, which is his father. He wanted his father to love him and instead he killed him. Well, that didn't solve things. <laughs> it just made him more upset. Yeah. Um, and because I think that at his core, he, prob- he probably is a very, very good person. He caught a, p- could have been an incredible Jedi. Mm. And instead, like we've talked about, he is 
forcing this. He is trying to be something that he is so not. He's like those, you know, those emo kids where you're like, no, I just last year you were like this sweet kid. And now all of a sudden you want to be this way. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I'm like, if if I knew this kid, if I knew Kylo Ren growing up and I'd seen like what how his parents were or whatever, maybe I would be like more sympathetic towards him. Like, oh, yeah, his parents, they were not there for him and they really ignored him. But I, I love Leia and Han. I can't do that. <laughs> I got to believe that, that they were there for him and emotionally in some capacity. I, yeah. I, yeah. I grew up in a, you know, in a, in a church environment for a long time. Uh, and you, you'd see a lot of pastor's kids. Yes. Go wrong. Yes. And uh, I understood why, you know, mm-hmm. and it was that's not anything on on the, on the church, the the organization, or the parents themselves. But it's just the you're you're like the pastor's kid, yeah. right? The you're, sheer amount of pressure. Yeah, and naturally yeah. they're going to be the first to try drugs and and, <laughs> and go a little crazy. It just makes sense every time to mm-hmm. me. I don't know. I, th- I see a little bit of Kylo in that. Yeah, yeah. That's a really yeah. Good point. I don't know why th- this uh, is making me remember a childhood memory where uh, I think it was like fourth grade, and there was somebody at school who was always like angry and defiant and mm. attacking people for no reason. He would make fun of me all, all the time. Uh, after school, my mom and I saw him at the grocery store, and he just seemed like really happy to see me. He was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And was like, and "I was like, oh, okay, hi, Glenn, or whatever the kid's name was. Don't remember." And I was like, really shocked by that. I was like, weird. Like, oh, I guess he's just one of those kids who acts different, you know, outside of yeah. school. And then the next day at school, he just came up to me on the re- uh, on the playground. And was like, "I saw your loser ass at the grocery store," and it was just sort of like, what? "You can't. How can you fake this to me? You can't. You can't hide yeah. your." No your reality like and there's something yeah. i don't know there's something kylo about that of like mm. i need this to mm-hmm. to feel like i i have identity that i have purpose that i am my own person i need this anger mm. but that's not the truth of who i am at all exactly yeah that's crazy it's so weird yeah um so we got a lot of questions to get through yeah we got <laughs> uh man uh i do want to just T- touch briefly on Kylo's inability to fire on Leia. Mm, yeah. So, do you think he would have gone through with uh, destroying Leia on crate? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I mm-hmm. think he might have been peer pressured into it, maybe yeah. in a weird way. I think in that moment he's in a cockpit alone, uh, and that doubt, and then his 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 squad mates do what's suppo- like. All right, boss ain't firing. We will. Yeah, and that that direct force connection of like he is feeling right. who is probably between Luke and Han I'm gonna mm-hmm. guess that Leia is the one that he has the deepest connection to yes. yep mother and child reunion is only a moment away um I think under the certain cir- circumstances he would have killed her uh if he kind of looked around and there was troops and hucks and other people like you know I <laughs> sorry I go to like Theon Greyjoy season two of Game of Thrones <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry see to this are pro wrestling kids but just like I am, yeah, I'm yes. doing it. And he looks around, oh, I better kill him because everyone wants me to. And if I don't, I lose them. And I think Kylo could have done that. Total. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think he would have only done it from a distance. I think he doesn't have it in him to do to, do to Leia what he did to Han. Mm-hmm. And I think he barely had yeah. it in. He had Han's yeah. help, you know? Right. Uh, Han grabbed the lightsaber and ignited yeah. it. Well, he didn't, yes. Anyway, you know what I mean. When I say his help, yes, he literally no, asked for his help. You know, anyway. <laughs> uh, how, do you, how do you feel, Jennifer? Yes, I think that he, uh, peer pressured, I think that's a great way of putting it. I think that he would have almost been like double dog dared. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I can do it. Press the button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so we talked a lot about why Ben, for himself, might have uh, 
want to try on the dark side and maybe feel called to it uh, a little bit, but how much do we blame Snoke's manipulations? And again, we only know in canon the tiniest bit about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about, you know, what we do know of Snoke is that he seems real big on mind projection. So it seems like Snoke really could have been just whispering to Ben for a long, long time. Mm. Uh, so if that was the story of that, since he is about like six years old, this voice, this voice, and then as it gets closer to the events of the sequel trilogy, when like Ben is at school with Luke, he's starting to see like full visions of him in his in his sleep, dreams of Snoke saying, you know, they mm. fear you because you are so powerful. They fear you because of your true, I, you know. If, if that becomes the story, does that change how you feel about Ben? Hmm. that he's basically, uh, you know, seduced uh, to the dark side by Snoke. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It means he had no shot, you know? He yeah. had no shot. All the pressures we talked about, and yeah. then now you got a weird, weird, weird bathrobe dude whispering <laughs> in you, in your ear. <laughs> Poor guy's got no shot. And then it goes to Force Awakens. Leia, like, it was Snoke. It was Snoke. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and Luke even has, I'm paraphrasing, but Luke was like, Snoke had already turned his heart. Yes, yes, very important. Yeah. So Uh. what what does that do for your uh, thoughts, Jennifer? I think he was susceptible, and he was was unfortunately open to it, and he allowed himself to be led astray, so to speak. I think that if it wasn't Snoke, maybe it would have been someone else. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that he was searching for this, and he would, or maybe he would have just done it on his own, and he wouldn't have been quite as successful. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. There's a part of me that feels like, and this is just, again, my utter headcanon, that Luke would have been able to keep keep uh, Ben on the, on the right side of the force without the intervention of Snoke. Mm. And there's still that that idea of like, well... Could could Luke have seen more, known more, you know, prevented more with Snoke? And then uh, the whole Star Wars question of, like, no matter what the circumstances, is it just always about your own personal choice? And, like, mm-hmm. great, you could have had a thousand Snokes talking to you. It's still your choice. Right. right. Yeah. Sure. Interesting. Okay. There. So digging into a little bit more of his mm-hmm. actual redemption possibilities in Episode Nine and what we learned... Uh, from the episode nine trailer. Uh, thanks, Jennifer, for your wisdom. I'm making it wait. Uh, so just from a plot perspective, we had all been talking about, wow, Kylo's, Snoke's gone. Kylo gets to be the big bad of episode nine. That really makes episode nine, really the focus is going to be his redemption. Right. But if Darth Sidious, Sheev Palpatine, is the big bad of episode nine, the ultimate villain, does that make you think differently about the story of Ben's redemption? Ooh, no, no, still complicated. Yeah, because <laughs> I I still think it. Uh, I still see this as Kylo versus Ray and Palpatine's the prize in a weird way or something yeah. in the middle. I I I and I know we are just we're just t- talking here. We're not saying for a fact that Sidious is the big bad or anything, but he could he could be. He could walk out as a clone or a robot or or a robot uh, and be a lightsaber. You know, he could be. He could. He be. could be a lightsaber. He could be a lightsaber. He could be in a lightsaber. <laughs> a weird transformer. <laughs> yeah, my lips are sticking. Um, <laughs> But I still see this as Kylo versus Rey. Yeah. Kylo versus Rey. Uh, but Sidious is a wonderful wrench in the story. Mm. Like, what's Kylo want from him? What does he want from Kylo? That's, that's where this conversation now turns. Yeah, yeah. How, how does it make you think differently of Ben's redemption? I, I really am glad, actually, because I want to kind of drill down into the turmoil and struggle that Kylo Ren is, is having. I think we're going to really get that. I think that Sidious is now going to be the one perhaps whispering in his ear that Snoke was. So now what's going to happen? Yeah. Is he going to is he going to continue blossoming in the dark side? Or is he going to change his mind and say, no, I, I don't want to choose this path anymore? That's, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm really intrigued by it because it, it got my writer brain going of there's lots of different points in the story to have Ben be redeemed or not. Mm. Uh, because mm-hmm. it could be that's the climax of the second act, so the third act is is them facing Palpatine together. It could be mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, that Ben and Ray team up to defeat Sidious, even though they're still, you know, kind of a little bit uh, Star Wars poetry with what happened with Snoke, of like, yeah. 
right now we are on the same side for a moment and really save Ben's redemption for the final moment. Yeah. Uh, mm. it, it, and also it, it gives him something to uh, have a, a big atonement type act. Mm-hmm. If he That's is good. literally yeah. doing something to stop, help stop Sidious. The idea that he does something to save Ray has been floated out there before. So it's certainly not uh, something brand new, but uh, uh, that would be a great circumstance for it to happen in, you know? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go get the big guy. Oh, this guy's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need the contra cheat code here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, in order to maybe kind of further that conversation, I want to talk a little bit about the relationship between Sidious and uh, Kylo Ren. What do you think Darth Sidious will think of Kylo Ren and, and what, what might he want from him? Uh, wow. Jeez. Wow. What would he, I mean... I think that he's gonna. I think he would like him. I think he'd be charmed by him. <laughs> Come sit down. <laughs> he wants to go to the opera with him. Yeah, he yeah. sees he sees you know Vader's grand grandson. He's like, okay, you, you chip off the old block. I like it. Yeah, uh, you have some raw power. We're gonna we're gonna try and mold you. Yeah, for sure. I think he would get excited. A lot of molding. Yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of molding. Oh yeah, yeah. That, well, you are a strong. That's it. <laughs> strong red. Are you Sith? No. Oh. Technicality. Okay. <laughs> Still ghoul. I told Snoke to bring back the Sith. <laughs> um, ooh, I think Sidious sees either a chance for revenge because he's still upset at Vader. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see him as a vessel to come back. I Yeah. I think, um, yeah, literal possession is a possibility in my mind. Or a, uh, oh. all right. You know, I messed up the first time. Let me try to do it again. Yeah. And I've got even a better specimen. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's... My knee-jerk reaction is that Sidious would see him as sloppy Vader. We're like, wow, you are... <laughs> you're Hashtag sloppy Vader. <laughs> sloppy Vader. <laughs> Joe, sloppy, sloppy. Yeah, well, he's just uh, <laughs> like th- there's been implications that like, oh, well, the the force isn't spread around as much. And Kylo and Ray is the kind of the pillar of the dark and the light right now have this sort of like really raw, untamed power mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. maybe maybe even more than Vader. So it'd be like, ooh, but but that that power is attractive. Mm-hmm. But that Sidious understanding the dark side so well, you know, trained and molded Vader mm-hmm. and Anakin for years to make him this precise tool mm-hmm. that Sidious could wield. And here's this guy who's like, you have massive power, but like, I can't find your handle even. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like you're such, not that, that if, you know, if Sidious was just alive, he could manipulate anybody. That's one of his yeah. best, best traits, mm-hmm. uh, best mm-hmm. skills. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you would just see him as sort of like, you're pathetic. You have all this power and right. you have no focus. Mm. You, you know, use my power. I feel like he's another, this gets into my next question about yeah. how Kylo Ren is going to feel about Darth Sidious. Uh, so I'll just throw out there that I feel like, I feel like there's going to be this fascinating, like Sidious being like, you are a sad imitation of oh. Vader. You have twice Vader's power and in mm. half the ability to use it. Mm. Like you are pathetic. I'm going to possess your body, wipe you out. Yeah. Maybe you're, or just wipe you out, whatever uh, happens on a plot level. But, I feel like Kylo Ren, I, that's why I can see Kylo and Rey teaming up. He's like, he's slaughtered all of his father figures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And here yeah. is the ultimate father figure. Mm-hmm. Like if Kylo just wants to be like, 
I just want to feel like nobody can tell me what to do and I am in charge of yeah. everything. I don't even I don't even know what I want when I have it. I right. just want everything. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. Man, is Sidious just Sidious just like the ultimate yeah. big annoying father figure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh I mean, there's so much I mean, it does City yeah, man. Does, does Kylo look at him and go, you know, I told my grandfather I was going to finish what he started, and apparently you're still around, so I'm taking you out too. <laughs> yeah. Going to your idea of Kylo doesn't want to be told what to do. Or is he like, oh, cool, finally someone who can help me because the First Order, and I still think the First Order factors a lot into what's going on. Oh, and There's yeah. still the threat, and Hux and Finn, and I think there's something going on there, but uh, I, I think it will come down to this. Because what is what is Sidious, if Sidious is uh, is sentient and a character and not just a holocron or an image or a vision if he's there like what what would he want galaxy domination of the galaxy again yeah. you know taking over haunted the entire galaxy finishing yeah. what he started yeah i don't know how much how much room they'll get into telling this story but with Darth Sidious, it's fascinating to me like in more modern canon they've made it more clear that he always kept the mask up to yeah. a certain extent and like yeah. if he is just this like you know angry spirit made you know corporeal again that he's just like no no masks no lies i just want to kill and control yeah and just like this you know mm. even more evil mm. you know mm. yeah. the, super the evil absolute epitome of the dark side which i think is is his function of this will yeah. be the ultimate victory yeah for you know the skywalker sagas to, to eliminate him once and for all yeah Hmm, interesting. I, I would love to see a scene where <coughs> Kylo Ren just reveres uh, Darth mm, Sidious. Mm. You know, he truly just, it's like meeting yeah. your idol and then Sidious just crushes him. <laughs> mm. And we see that on Adam Driver's face of his dreams essentially being just yeah. demolished and he's just whittled down, cut down by this by this person. What what will that do to him? Will that will that make him so angry that he's going to prove him wrong and focus and focus him or is it going to make him want to jump ship and and help Ray? I don't know. I just want to see Adam Driver in that moment because I think yeah. he was so brilliant. That's a great point. Yeah, I can see a, a yeah. random speculation, like a plot point of there is some sort of artifact that they're both mm-hmm. after because I feel like that's going to be the turning tide in the war and he has Kylo Ren has the hubris to be like, I can control this, but mm-hmm. he picks it up and mm, it unleashes mm-hmm. unleashes the Sidious and oh, doesn't yeah. go well for Kylo. Yeah, yeah I, like that. I like the idea that Kylo's like, finally, with Sidious, someone gets me. Yeah. And then he... Take off that mask. <laughs> all right. Oh, all right. Here, here we go, <laughs> Grandpa. Uh, all right. Uh, do do you want the title, The Rise of Skywalker, to refer to Ben Solo, even partially? I can say on the ground in Star Wars Celebration, a lot of chit-chat went to that immediately. Mm-hmm. That, that's got to be the Skywalker that they're talking about. It's the blood Skywalker in the new generation. Mm-hmm. So, Jennifer, how do you feel? Do you want that title to be about Kylo? Totally? Partially? Not at all? I like mm-hmm. the idea of partially, uh, but then it's but then it's got to be something uh, I would hope positive <laughs> since ah. this is like the end of the saga film. Yeah. So d- that would require a really serious act of redemption of him. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. What 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 could he do that would spin that in the positive light of the the rise of of Skywalker? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Positive. Yeah. yeah. Ken. I I I think partially is a possibility I, I i i got it 
on the day that the trailer, everyone, oh, that means Kylo. It uh, doesn't necessarily, and and that doesn't necessarily, should it mean it in 100%. Partially, yes, Ray could factor the idea of, we talked about it last week, and that idea, Jen, that you, you, you kind of put out of this, you know, the rise of Skywalker in general, the name, the family, who's dead, and, and, and I love this idea of the First Order and Kylo saying he is, He's dead, the hero. He didn't. He didn't save anything, and then it's just the rise of the family name. Yeah, spiritually, I, I JJ, JJ just keeps saying it'll make sense, and that just makes me. Th- it's not what we would think it would be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the the just my emotional reaction was the rise of Skywalker is Ray's taking up the mantle, mm-hmm. and we're seeing we've seen her go through the challenge to do that, and it creates this question of like Ray made herself a Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Ben, you actually are a Skywalker. Can you live up to the name? Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, it kind of almost marries them together in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. So I was thinking a lot about the actual story of Vader. And part of the reason that it works so well in Return of the Jedi is because it is tied to Luke's story. So the reason Vader actually throwing Palpatine into the pit doesn't take anything away from Luke is because Luke's conflict in Return of the Jedi is his goal is to prove that there is still light, Mm -hmm. to prove that optimism and connection and attachment is worthwhile. So when he reaches, gets through to Vader, that's Luke's victory. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's definitely going to be some stuff that's going to be very hard to predict Mm -hmm. that that is going to tie Rey and Kylo's stories together so that even if Kylo, you know, is redeemed and destroys Palpatine, that it's also going to be part of Rey's journey and is going to complete her story as well, Mm. you know, because I think she is positioned as the hero of this saga. The legend. Yeah, Mm. the legend. Mm. Um, So Mm. let's uh, let's Mm. talk about the moment of redemption as we wrap up. If he is redeemed, if he does, uh, uh, Jennifer, as you you discussed, uh, pay some atonement, Mm. how do you want it to happen? What or who might be the catalyst? I mean, obviously, like, the easy answer would be he sacrifices himself for Rey yeah. in some way. But I would like something more than that, where his sacrifice affects the galaxy, the everyday people in a way that he, he really is atoning for his sins in a, in a humongous way that's yeah. going to change the galaxy for the better. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the, specifically that would be. Yeah, the, I mean, it's always there's always the what and the how, and that like that's a great idea to to feel like you know is there some sort of dark side explosion and mm. it's gonna destroy the galaxy and he absorbs it into himself like you're just just kind of spitballing of how you make that into an actual story point, but that's a really interesting idea of I'm going to I'm not gonna redeem myself I'm gonna save the galaxy right mm. is a moment of atonement. Specifically, yes. rather than redemption, I can yeah. get behind that. You know, he doesn't have to go on the desert on the desert planet. Mm. He can just sacrifice himself. Yeah. That, that make me happy. Okay, yeah. For me, it just comes down. It's simple. Uh, maybe because I have simple mind. It's simple, simple things. I just saving race, sacrificing race, something bigger. And and I think there needs to be death <laughs> in, the, in yeah. the way of it. But emotionally, what do you yeah. want him to be responding to? Uh, we, uh, you know, we talk about Vader because it's our main mm-hmm. example. Vader is responding to Luke. Mm-hmm. I, I want I want it to be responding a little bit to uh, Ray, uh, and that her being a beacon of doing it right, mm. Mm. and him kind of realizing I did it wrong, uh, and then also just uh, you know maybe the little bit of a good of uh, humanity and alien uh, alienity uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 
together, but I, I, I do like the, the smaller, more intimate, specific feeling of, of, of Ray or just you know, my family. Like, yeah, I did it wrong. Mm. You can do it right. Go on and do it right. Yeah. I'll help you get on that mm. path. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, when I was thinking about this, I, you know, obviously I think Ray will be uh, a part of it, but I really like the idea of like the clinching moment, the catalyst being legacy mm-hmm. in not just Skywalker, but Solo. Because they've pay, yeah. played up so much that he is the son of Solo, that he has too much of of Solo oh, yeah. in him, and it would you know connect back to him making that kind of ultimate choice to to kill Han, yeah. and Luke's great line of like you know you're you know I'll be with you always just like your father. If there is some recognition of like I've been searching for my identity and and I've been rejecting it all this time. It is a, an amazing gift to be a Skywalker and to be a Solo, and that if they could do it right, it would be just so powerful to me to be to have Kylo realize I should reaffirm mm-hmm. the heroism and the sacrifice and the charm and, and wonder of of these generations of heroes that I come from. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. How they do that? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. Yeah, Chewie brings him a little hollow that uh, yeah. that Han recorded. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. That's not going to happen. Ben, if you're watching this, I'm dead. Yeah. You probably killed me. Not, <laughs> not going to happen and don't want it to happen. Spitballing. All right, so this is a deep and complex uh, topic, and we will revisit it. We didn't even get into the whole Raylo of it, uh, which we will discuss more in depth. But just to end on a light, fun question. If you could pick one word for Kylo to yell in episode nine, like traitor or liar, what one word would you like to hear Kylo Ren yell? Jen? No. <laughs> if they can pull the that off. The old classic. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. If they can wow. pull that off. Pretty love great. That. Wow. <laughs> love that. Yeah. It can. Uh, I, I just want him to yell, sorry. <laughs> or at the end. We are in sync. That was uh, that was, that was mine as well. Oh, like total it. wonderful, beautiful redemption. Like sorry, sorry. oh my god, sorry, I was evil for a little while. But what, dear God, a guy chose to be evil for a little yeah. bit, and now he's hated. <laughs> Maybe there could be a subversion of the no, and he could have a huge yes. It's a nice oh fist pumping moment. I want that from Ben Solo. It ends with yes. All right, like like I said, big complex topic. Lots of opinions out there. Feel free uh, to share yours, and we will discuss it more as uh, the rise of Skywalker approaches. Absolutely, we got some audience questions. We're going to get to here. Uh, Brian Cusick writes us and says, uh, "Are there any scenes in any of the movies that are insignificant to the plot as a whole, but hold a place in your heart?" Uh, his uh, Brian says, the, "During the ba- uh, space battle of Endor, there's a shot that maybe a second long that I love. It's immediately." After Landa tells the squadron to pull up when Admiral Akbar addresses the fleet and says, Take evasive action, green group, stay close to holding sector MG7, followed by a beautiful shot of the rebel fleet dispersing and the way the music swells. Oh man, I have chills just thinking about it. Totally random, and people will probably have to look at the scene for context, but I absolutely love it. So uh, I, 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 I just want to say this, Brian, to that scene. As a kid, I swore my friend Joel, Joel Trudgeon, if you're out there listening, um, I swore one of the X Wings hit the shield and exploded. I mean, we're talking for like five years. I, was like, oh. I swore in the theater I saw this. Like, Sinbad definitely was Shazam. Like, I oh my swore, me and my wow. friend Joel were like, yeah, they must have cut it out. It never happened. So I actually know exactly what you're talking about, Brian, because that scene, and I love little moments like that, Joseph. Yeah, you know yeah. That? And uh, not to be uh, that guy, but just so we don't get a thousand tweets, it's MV7, mm. which I only That's remember right. because of endless trivia study. That's true. Anyway, it's oh. Sector MV7. 
Yep, it is, yep. It's hard to hear what he's saying there, old, old Akbar. Uh, I, yeah, I love that shot. That's such a, a great shot for me. Uh, I think totally just flavor moments. I love the Porg looking into the lightsaber and another uh, one uh, yeah. pounding the foot. Uh, and the other one that jumped to my to mind, uh, I still remember people cheering in the theater. Tuscan Raiders just shooting at the pod racers <laughs> yes. just to be a-holes. Let me tell you something. I was there in 1999, too. Standing ovation lot, applause level Absolutely. for that Absolutely. <laughs> Took out my favorite team toe. Yes. <laughs> so don't tell me you hated the pod race. You were there cheering. I don't know. I don't know. On your feet. I, I don't know who I'm talking oh to. Oh, my but. gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, there's just this one moment in, in The Empire Strikes Back between Lando and Lobot where uh, Lobot gives him this little signal and does this mm. like sharp turn oh, and yeah. walks away. I love that. I laugh every time. No one else does. Um, I love Will Road Hood. Oh, yeah. Which is now turned into this huge thing at Star Wars Celebration, the running of right. the uh, running of the hoods. Is that yeah. 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 So just a great, a great moment that I remember watching that as a kid and going, yeah, that that's Star Wars. But uh-huh. Why does it look like something that's, you know, like from our world. Hey, yeah. that's what Star Wars is. Man, there, there's so many of them. I'm, I'm almost drawing blanks on some little moments that are like, I, there's that moment in Rogue One where like, we got to turn that off. And the, the, the rebel soldier's like, I got it. And they get shot right away. <laughs> so sad. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, that, that should happen sometimes in war. Um, I, I, and around the same time, uh, what Brian's talking about, I love, I think I mentioned before, but I love, I've loved since a kid. When, when the Battle of Endor's, Endor's not going well, it hasn't turned yet, and that ATSD destroys the tree and the tree splinters. Oh, yeah. And, and then uh, does a hard cut into the space battle. I don't know why. It's insignificant to everything. Just love that moment. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. All right. Will Gathright writes, uh, do you think the time between The Last Jedi and Episode Nine is well suited for a Clone Wars style show to really flesh out the war? Politics, state of the galaxy. Fair question. Uh, I think a lot of thoughts go to that, Jen. Uh, do you want a uh, resistance TV show, a first order TV show? I don't know. I'm more about the lore than, than the wars. Uh-huh. Ah, it's just, uh, but I'm sure it would be awesome. I'm sure it would mm-hmm. be great. Maybe, maybe Dave Filoni could do that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like for right now, resistance is going to grow into that where mm-hmm. we're going to see the, yeah. this war through the perspective of this particular group of people. And then I think once nine comes out and we get a better sense of what the war might like, cause we still don't know. Is it just that active war kind of mm-hmm. a smaller force, but like, you know, a war mm-hmm. or is it that like the first order just totally controls the galaxy and the war is very small insurgency you know yeah. when, once i get the the sense of what it's like i think it would change my interest level of how many more like details i want to see about it i yeah. think it's six because i think resistance is it's transitioning into that uh it, clearly it makes sense and then uh yeah we didn't get what clone wars 2008 2005 so we can have some, we can have some time but i, I do like the idea in general uh, yeah well i do like that idea I'd like to take a couple questions from Patreon. We got Eric Goddad. He says, uh, "Do you think the spinoffs may find new life on the Disney streaming service? I would love to see the continuation of Solo or an Obi Wan miniseries on the new streaming service." So, uh, do you think that new life, Joseph? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, well, I, I hope so. I I, yeah. I really would love Solo too. I really want Obi Wan. I do get a little concerned when I'm hearing about those particular things making it to Disney Plus. 
when there's such discussion of, of really getting into uncharted territory. Yes. And still talking to a lot of fans uh, that are just want new, 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 new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, really hope I'll sign a petition. I really want Obi-Wan. I'd really love, yeah. you know, Kira versus Maul, Crimson Dawn, you know. Mm-hmm. I would love those things. Either is uh, episodic things or if Disney Plus gets in the business of making a lower budget movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jen? Yeah, I, I I think that if if Disney and Lucasfilm are smart and they want to have event TV, so to speak, like what we have with Game of Thrones, that's the way to do it, is to Ooh. do an Obi-Wan miniseries and to, to release movies solely on the platform. They could, ooh, man, they would rival Netflix mm-hmm. and, and every other yeah. streaming service like no one else. So I hope that they take that risk because it might feel like a yeah. risk, but I think it would pay off. Uh, I love everything you're all saying here. And Eric, yeah, I want uh, Solo 2. Make it happen. We saw a, little, a lot of those T-shirts at yeah. a celebration. So great. Yeah. The Obi-Wan miniseries, I have, I have a little... A little bit of faith, we'll see, but we don't know. And yeah, you're right. The push for new, I totally get love and respect. Don't don't anyone out there think otherwise. I just, I'm always like, but there's still so much to learn about the things we love. Yeah, <laughs> but, but Ewan McGregor, and he's the right age. Yeah. Now, the time is now. We can have both. Yeah, so I exactly. hope so. But we'll see. A lot of it hinges on Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, final thought of the day comes from Robin Nielsen. Uh, Robin writes, hello there. Uh, or I should say, hello there. What are your thoughts on John Boyega confirming at Celebration that Captain Captain Phasma is dead and is Star Wars the only franchise where a character can fall through a burning hole in a spaceship and have fans go she's still alive (laughs) thanks for all you do thank you Robin for writing Uh, Joseph is this definitive Uh, I don't think so and I don't I don't want to believe how about put it put it that way I'm the anti-Fox Mulder I don't want to believe Uh, I don't I don't think Star Wars is unique I think uh, so many of the things that we love and are really popular right now come from that adventure serial genre you know thing that somebody falling through fire that's practically just a tuesday i mean that it's that way on doctor who game of yeah. thrones oh, the, you yeah. know I, I don't want to spoil it but the, the end of last season massive castle destruction where yeah. all of our name characters get out just fine it right. doesn't look like they should in my opinion yeah all superhero movies death mm-hmm. is not death so anyway right so for me like yeah this is definitely <laughs> in the in the genre where where people uh, come yeah. back to life uh there's like one percent of me that thinks that that could maybe be misdirection and she'll have a fun cameo in episode nine. Sure, mm. like one percent. Yeah, but I I just want her to I want her to be the Darth Maul of the sequel trilogy. I want her mm-hmm. to live on in mm-hmm. comics, uh, you know, books, uh, uh, future Resistance cartoons. That would be great. I think she's a great character that it is never going to blossom in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but I really to- want her to live. Uh, yeah, I I would love to if love to, if that meant something. Uh, yeah, um, they can still keep things secret. It's tough these days, not just with set, but you know, IMDb pro credits and all. You, you, there's yeah. a lot of ways to confirm this stuff, but but I you know I would I, I'd love it if she popped back up. But I, I'm not thinking that would. Be, I love love what you say though. I mean, the Darth Maul of the series, but yeah. her story can be told elsewhere. There's already been a lot of other things, and it can make the character live in, in its own way. Yeah. Jen? I only want Phasma back if they're going to let Gwendolyn Christie act without her mask because after the Game of Thrones episode we saw last night, <laughs> gosh dang it, she's an amazing actress. I, yeah. I want to see her face. Absolutely. Give me that. Otherwise, yeah. she'll just have to be dead. <laughs> Sorry. I like it. I like it. That's our questions. We appreciate uh, you reaching out. So we'll tell you where to do that in a bit. Uh, Joseph, we are trying to build the Power of the Light Side segment. We're still getting some requests out uh, on Patreon, right? That's right. If you are a patron at the $10 or $20 level and you uh, join recently check those inboxes on patreon we want to share your things you love about star wars right here on the show 
Absolutely. If you want to reach out and find us and ask, uh, join the conversation and ask us a question, you can do so on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Like us on Facebook. We have a website, ForceCenterPod.podomatic.net, uh, tpublic.com slash user slash Force Centers, where our merch is sold. Uh, if you get them and have a picture, Tweet us, let us know, tag us. We'll share it. Podcasts available several different spots, including Podomatic, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. We're on YouTube as well. We're animated data bank brawl is featured prominently. We love Brian Ward's work, and we want you to check it out. Patreon.com slash Force Center Joseph. We've got some goals. We've hit some. Uh, it's been a busy time, but it we're is. getting some stuff uh, ready. Yeah, yeah. We're setting some times to do the uh, watch-along of A New Hope that you all made possible, and we're getting very close to new theme music for Star Wars Ranked. So if you want to help us out, go to patreon.com slash force center absolutely we got our own stuff going on uh, jen yeah you can find me on twitter instagram facebook at jennifer landa and be sure to subscribe to my youtube channel youtube.com slash jennifer landa where i post craft videos reaction videos whatever kind of videos uh that i have time for <laughs> hopefully snoke cupcake videos and snoke cupcakes uh joseph yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can find all sorts of other stuff on josephscrimshaw.com. That includes comedy albums, uh, my book Comedy of Doom, all sorts of stuff, live shows on josephscrimshaw.com, and also the movie trivia schmodown, the competition that I was in with Alex Damon live during Star Wars Celebration in front of a thousand people. Mm. That is up on the internet, so go check that out. Just go to Movie Trivia Schmodown's page on YouTube. You will not see me on stage, but I am around the corner, hunched over a stairwell, nervous about every question that was asked. <laughs> oh my so I had a part to do with that. So great event. Check that out. Go to catnapsack.com. New and improved. Got information where to pre-order my book, Why We Love Star Wars. Got my charity spotlight page back up and links to a lot of other things, including back to Force Center. It all feeds back into Star Wars. That's it for this week. Kylo, is he going to be redeemed? We'll find out in December of 2019, but still a lot more to figure out. We'll see you next time. That was Force Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.